And so I explain like this, for every 10 leads you get, you might get two to three that meet that like motivation. Like they sound motivated and they're nice and they're friendly. And like you, you could, you think that they would be receptive. They're like, maybe two will be like that. That's like 20%. Okay. So you've got eight other leads that are not going to sound very motivated at all. And maybe out of eight of them, maybe seven of them really aren't that motivated and they'd be better realtor referrals or something, or just they were total tire kickers, not interested in selling at all. But there's that one out of that. So out of 10, there's that one that was poker facing you. And you won't know until you talk to all of them. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. You're listening to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Hardy. And today I've got one of my awesome students in my coaching program. His name is Ryan Zwerneman. Hopefully I pronounced his last name correctly this time. Um, Ryan is one of my faves. Uh, We definitely hit it off. I met Ryan early on um, because if you are a part of my coaching program, I do have little office hangouts from time to time. And I actually got to meet Ryan in person. And I knew instantly he had what it took. He had a very, very strong work ethic. He had what it took but you know, he needed to fix his machine a little bit. He needed some training. He needed to alter some things. And those alterations that you know we discussed in that like one hour luncheon was the difference between Ryan having zero contracts in the pipeline to now the guy's full. I mean, his pipeline's crazy. He's crushing it now. It's crazy. It really shows like how just some advice, some tweaks you know, one hour of your time spent over lunch getting advice from someone, you know, can really change your project, you know, your career and and the way your year's looking. So we're going to talk about all that in this episode. But first, I want to introduce Ryan. Ryan, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Lauren. I am so glad. No, thank you for coming because you have a super inspirational story. And I'm really looking forward to you sharing it with us. Um, So let's first start out with why did you decide to get into wholesaling houses? I actually started in like 2019 as like a side hustle. And I went through about two years of not awesomeness. But, you know, I was in a corporate gig and it had some good things about it and some things that I probably just wanted to, you know, figure out how to do something different with my life. And so that's kind of why I got into it. Not that I hated my job because I love the people. I think I just didn't see where I was going. Yeah. Okay. So you started in 2019 and you said it wasn't so great. Why is that? Uh, let's see. Well, the first year was one bad partnership. You know, I, I tried to wholesale virtually in Houston while I was living in California. And so it was kind of like the blind leading the blind. I hooked up with a couple guys that weren't. I was looking to buy experience basically and put all the capital in. And it, it didn't go great. We did get one deal, but um, we split it three ways. And I had put all the capital in, so I didn't even get made whole. And I had to put more money in to keep going. I was like, I'm done. And so, Whoa. 
Yeah. Okay, wait a second though, because I want to stop on this thing. What led you to partner up with these guys? Did you think they knew what they were doing? Yes. One, yes. And two, I was virtual and I was like, I need people in. Yeah. Right. And so. Did they have experience? Like, did they say they had experience? I mean, this is kind of like when people interview for a job, right? They're going to put their best foot forward and maybe fudge the numbers a little. And so I think they were great people. I just don't think we were super transparent with people up front. Because you know why I'm asking is because, you know, we're in this world of everyone's an influencer. And I'm personally noticing more and more people come out of the woodworks talking, you know, about coaching. I'm going to coach real estate. I'm going to coach wholesaling. But then they, you know, you can see that they just started a year ago. And I'm going, yo, like you're very, very new. And, and you are saying that you're a coach and they're, they're taking on coaching clients. And I'm going, whoa, like I've been doing this for nine years and I didn't think I could be a coach. You know, when I got approached a year and a half ago, I didn't know, you know, I was like, I don't, I don't know. Could I be a coach? I didn't think I should be on a podcast, right? Like I didn't think, yeah, you didn't even think you should be on a podcast. Like, uh, you know, imposter syndrome, right? Like we, you know, we're going out, should I even be a coach? Like, I don't, am I worthy of that? Do I have the experience? But then I'm seeing on Instagram, it's like, everybody is an influencer now. And so there are a lot of people right now kind of getting, you know, people to believe that they have more experience than they do doing reverse. It's like reverse imposter syndrome or something. It is. It is. There's, there are these people that are like reverse imposter syndrome where they're, they don't have what we have. Instead they have the opposite where they're like, Oh no, I could teach other people how to do this. And so it's interesting that your first partnership, they probably acted like they had more experience than they did. And then I love that you said the blind leading the blind, because I use that, you know, I use that analogy all the time. Like, I love that analogy. Like when you get the wrong partner, the wrong JV partner, and then it's the blind leading the blind. It's crazy. And it's so easy to do that because there are some people that have just monster confidence in themselves. And in this, this day and age of social media, you're seeing it everywhere and it's so easy to fall for it. So I just wanted to kind of pause, like, because a lot of people are in that exact situation that you were right now. So don't feel bad because a lot of people fall into this. So you went from that and you're like, okay, wait, this isn't making sense. You don't know what you're doing. You had to kind of stick with it for a while to realize they don't know what they're doing because you're not making money. And then what did you do from that partnership? Where'd you go? So then I got together with a couple guys. Um, one of them was a, a guy that had done deals. And so then I was like, well, now I need somebody that does have experience. And so I hitched my cart to somebody who brought somebody else along. And we got into another partnership and then started virtually wholesaling in Memphis. Okay. Which the way we picked that market, like you would have beat me up as a student. It was basically price point, landlord friendly. That was it, right? Didn't know anything about Memphis at all. So, right. yeah, didn't, didn't do much research. And so they had like side, other side businesses. And so it was one of those things where I'm doing a lot of the day-to-day foot traffic work and just asking for help. So it was like getting an answer every week doesn't really mean that you're going to be successful either. So yeah. I think in the beginning, I did what a lot of people do was I tried to, I tried to get the experience from their people instead of either paying for coaching or like taking my lumps. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
So it took me two years of bad partnerships to realize, one, I don't need other people until I hire. And two, I need to pay people that know what they're doing, that have a process and a system in place to like actually figure out how to be successful. You know, I got to say, though, you were on the right track because I do think that like losing your ego and, and being willing to partner is a great thing. It's a great thing. But yeah, unfortunately, when you don't know much about the business, you don't know if your partner knows what they're doing. Yeah, there's a difference between humility and ignorance, though. Ignorance, yes. And it's like, it's, it's not, you know, ignorance. It's like, it's, I love that. Humility and ignorance. Or, it's like, or if we're being nice, well, I'll say naivete, right? Like, naive. being naive. So, yeah, so. yeah, that's totally true. And, you know, I did, I'll share a personal story with me. I did similar things when I first got started. So when I first got started, it was a beautiful time to be a house flipper. Anybody could be a house flipper. <laughs> it was so easy to buy a house in Southern California, where we are from, like 50% off. And I didn't know the opportunity that was right in front of my face because my first mentor wasn't really that experienced yet either. He was just maybe three, four deals before I was. Like it wasn't, you know, he didn't have a ton of house flipping experience. He enough to teach me the nuts and bolts. And I'm super, super thankful, but not like, you know, these guys that were like at the courthouse steps buying a house a day and they were like, you know, flipping, like flipping in California, 50 houses a year, hundred houses a year. So my first couple years, I was doing a similar thing. I was sort of following like what someone else did. And I was very low volume. If I would have partnered up with someone that was like high volume, I would be a lot further along right now. And I didn't get into coaching programs like paid coaching for probably, I would say at least maybe a year and a half to two years, my first couple Same of years. Same time frame, right? Same. Same yeah. Time so time I, I got, now I, I did get some free coaching programs. Like someone gave me a couple of them. So I did have like the actual lessons. And I, that's how I learned is I learned through the lessons. They used, they used to come in binders with CDs. So I would, I listened to all these CDs and, and then I had like a mentor who had flipped maybe three, four, maybe five houses before they were teaching me how to do it. But what happened was it's great. Like I learned how to flip house. I did do some deals, but man, I could have done way more, like way more. And my, my career be, might be even different than what it looks like today if, if I would have done that. So, you know, we all make that mistake. And I just wanted to share that I kind of did something similar. Um, so then you had a couple failed partnerships and then you were like, what happened in your life? Like after that? I mean, there's resignation and then you, you, people go through waves, right? Like we self-implode and then we decide to pick ourselves back up if we're going to do it. And so COVID happened basically, right? And I'm like, I'm spending way more time at home because I was in a corporate job where I used to travel like 40 out of 52 weeks a year on the road. And I was like, you know, thinking about things opening back up. I'm like, I can't do that again. So I had more time to kind of do things on the side and I started. So I started this company in October of 2020. Uh-huh. Made it to May, and then the company that I was working for, there's a bunch going on and things like that. So my position got downsized. I was like, I could either go get a new job in automotive, which I just like did not want to do anymore, 
or I could uh, make like a real go at this. And that's what I decided to do. And I had, I had closed like a deal in March after um, like a ton of marketing since October. Right. And yeah. so it finally, like I took that money and I threw it into coaching and, and marketing and that kind of stuff. And we started in June. So literally like after I got laid off, yeah. you and I started with you and just put the work in. Right. Yeah. And I remember like our first, you know, call when you joined the coaching program and I always get a little nervous when I hear someone say like, I was just laid off from my job. Like, this is all I've got. Cause you were very like, this is it. Like this is, I've got to make this work and yeah. you need to make this work for me. That's what I hear. <laughs> I hear in my head, Lauren, you better make this work for me. And I always, it's like the pressure's on. We're like, oh man, okay. <laughs> I better like, I better give this guy like everything I know and like stay on top of him. And so you joined the coaching program. Tell me like, what were some of the things like initially that you learned by joining, you know, coaching and getting some, you know, actual processes, like what were some of the things you were doing wrong in those two years? Did you, is there anything like maybe your top three things that you can think of? It's so hard because I've had so many learning moments, right? But I think in the beginning, what really struck me is when you and I sat down in person, right? I knew that I needed some fine tuning on how to do things virtually and better processes for working with people in an area and things of that nature. But I think the thing for me was we sat down and, and in my old, like my corporate job, like I was a sales closer and, a, you know, exec or director, right? So I had a whole West side of the US. Um, and the difference was somebody else would do all the work and then I would walk in and like lock it down if I could, right? Mm -hmm. And so you and I sat down and you're like, well, how many offers have you made? And all those types of things, you know, the different KPIs that you should certainly focus on. And I quickly realized, like, I'm not doing enough. I'm pre-disqualifying people mm -hmm. because I was used to getting the better leads on my original job. And then I'm also just not putting in enough effort of just talking to enough people versus um, trying to get to all the, the good leads, right? The laydowns. Yeah, like you were yeah. taking the laydowns. You were looking for layups. You're okay. yeah, for sure, for sure. So what he's talking about is, and I, there's a couple things. Ryan has extensive sales experience. Like that was his background was sales, but he had, you know, different training. Like when I'm hiring an acquisition manager for my team, I actually do not want anyone who has previous real estate experience because they are hard to train and they usually received bad training or different type of training, especially if they came from another like company like mine, like another real estate investment company that tells me that they didn't work out in that company. And then they're coming to me. But in general, like, I just mean they have different kind of training and it gets hard for salespeople to like, you know, anybody who's had an experience with something, it's hard to do it a different way. You know, it's just hard. But what was great about you is you were very coachable. Like you were like, oh, okay. And you just changed it up immediately. But um, sometimes people aren't as coachable. So what I asked Ryan, I know real quick if what people, I can figure out, I call it running diagnostics. And I can figure out real quick what you're doing in your sales funnel management that this is the problem. So I asked Ryan, okay, 
tell me about your lead generation. He was, you were doing texting. How many texts did you send? Okay. How many leads did you get out of that? Okay. Like I was asking these numbers and then I was like, how many offers did you make? And he tells me a number. And then I was like, all right, how many contracts have you gotten? Nothing. And I knew I can tell because I know the ratios between how many texts you should send to get a lead to then get a, you know, to make an offer. And where he was broken was his offers. So he was getting a bunch of leads, but then he only made an offer to like 10% of them or something. And because he was looking for the ones that like were like, uh, you know, immediately saying that their mom died and they lost, I don't know, lost their job. And they, he was looking for the laydowns, like the very, very distressed leads. I mean, I'm also just like one of those, like as a prior military guy, like I just have a lot of integrity. And my biggest thing was I didn't want to offend people uh-huh. that probably wouldn't go with me. So I, I was making the decision for them, which was just not the right thing to do. Yes, because you know you never know. Like d- sellers have different personalities. Some of them I call them the poker face sellers. Like they're they're going to act like they'd be offended, but actually like they'll consider your offer, but they maybe need some time and some follow up. Yeah. So you know you just have to make an offer. You don't know. I always say out of I explain this to my team because at my team every acquisition manager I've ever hired does what you do at first. Every single one does what you do. Mm-hmm. In fact, a lot of my coaching students do it as well. And so I explain like this, for every 10 leads you get, you might get two to three that meet that like motivation. Like they sound motivated and they're nice and they're friendly. And like you, you could, you think that they would be receptive. They're like, maybe two will be like that. That's like 20%. Okay. So you've got eight other leads that are not going to sound very motivated at all. And maybe out of eight of them, maybe seven of them really aren't that motivated and they'd be better realtor referrals or something, or just they were total tire kickers, not interested in selling at all. But there's that one out of that. So out of 10, there's that one that was poker facing you. And you won't know until you talk to all of them and give them all a number or an offer, right? Yeah. So take that with you guys. With every podcast episode that I do, I always try to give like practical advice, something that you can take with you. Please take that one, guys. Write that down. Like write this one down. This is very important. So give offers to everybody. So that was a big game changer for you. I remember that day. And you promised me, you're like, I promise I'm going to have like 10 offers by next week when we check in. I literally showed up to the coaching call and I put them into the chat. Like, here's what I did. Because accountability is like a big thing for me. So. Oh my gosh, you were so good about that. You're that's you're you're so good. You're so coachable, and I love that that you you came back. We're like, I did it. So <laughs> then things changed really quickly for you. Yeah. So from literally doing that, um, I got a deal that closed in August, and then I decided I well one I was living in California, where it was super expensive. So I thought. You know, I'm going to take a chance and just like literally go as all in as possible. Yeah. So what I did was I sold off literally everything or gave it away or stored it, bought an RV and drove, you know, moved to my market. And so now I live in my market because I feel like I'm a relationship salesperson anyways. Yeah. But I also want to build something because now I'm sitting in an office, right? Right. And so, you know, literally the next month, um, and I did way more marketing and figured out different types of things. I'm uh-huh. a pretty nerdy dude when it comes to that anyway. Yeah. And so then what I did was, uh, you know, I think we, we had, I had four in September that closed. And now we have Ooh. 10 on the board for 
October and November. We've already closed a, a couple in October and just trying to hire and get big, right? Okay. Not get big, but so you went from like nothing to now you've got four in September. How many in October? Uh, I lost track of you already. You have six, ten on the board in your pipeline, like holy. Six in October, yeah, my pipeline is yeah, six in October, and then I also started working with Chris and doing yes. referrals. Yes, and that's literally how I pay myself right now, and the rest of the money goes in. So I only pay myself off referrals, right? Off the referrals, stuff, right? Yeah. Now. So he's using Chris Craddock's REI Revive program, and he is also monetizing his leads that were the tire kickers and referring them to realtors. So you guys should check out REI Revive at wholesalinginc.com. Chris Craddock's program—it's amazing. It's really cool. I mean, your explosive growth. I mean, it's massive. Do you know? So, like, how many deals have you closed? since I guess joining me um, it's getting, your, be, getting it together. Well, 12. You closed 12 deals. What's your like, to, do you know, just on the top of your head, like total gross? I'm making a hundred, I think it was 166. I'm making more or it's basically what I would get paid in my job. And we haven't even hit the end of the year yet. Right. But Dang. So around 160 beginning. plus you just replaced your full-time income. Well, but it's not my money is the way that I like to look at it. Right. Which is why, if I live fairly cheaply and I can grow it and bring other people into the organization, like one day that's way easier than worrying about like, how do I live the same lifestyle I did live? So. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. I mean, you've, you've really, really done very, very well. And Ryan, you are like a very, very smart, sharp, you had sales experience. You had like everything that like someone would who doesn't have those types of skills would say, oh, well, of course he's going to crush it. But you were not crushing it before you had good direction. That's true, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. It, I mean, doesn't that show it's like just getting good advice? Absolutely. And like oh, since funny. then, you know, and, and nothing, I mean, like you and some other people, I totally owe it to those kinds of folks, right? So I continued to try and get into other situations like a, a mastermind now where it's people so I can learn just like how to keep stuff and those kinds of things, just the different aspects of the business. Because if you're not always growing, but still stay laser focused on what you need to today, um, you're not going to know what to do tomorrow. I'm going to get stuck in a rut again. So I'm just trying to figure out how to do my job really well, hire and train somebody to do that job and then fire myself and then move into a new role and a new role and a new role. So I'm just trying to get to where like, uh, I mean, where you are, where Either you're helping people get better or you're just not having to show up and, and uh, make the offers every day. I'm kind of wanting to get back to that when I get to Yeah. Show. Yeah. That yeah. was the first thing that I outsourced was talking to sellers because I got into this, you know, I got into uh, being an entrepreneur because I wanted time freedom. But then what you find at first when you're starting a business is that you actually just kind of created a job for yourself. Yeah. And then there is this crucial step of like having to go from being the operator or um, what is the word I'm thinking of? Um, the technician, excuse me, the technician where you actually are the technician of, you know, you're doing the technical work and you're, you've, so you've kind of created a job for yourself because you have to show up. Like you have to do, you know, you got to do the work to so then removing yourself from the technician you know, and being now the entrepreneur and you've got a technician under you and that, that's a crucial step, but you have to be the technician for a while. Like you, you do, because you can't hire anyone if you've never done it before. Cause you don't know like how to train them and 
the, the stuff they can pull on you, like to pretend they're working, you know, that takes that's, experience. It's literally going back to those first two years, right? It's, I can't tell people how to get better. Yeah. Cause I haven't done it, you know, and then you work with somebody who knows how to do it and then you learn how to do it and then you teach other yeah. people. That's, that's the growth, right? Yeah. But I think everybody says, I don't want to spend money on coaching. I want yeah. to put it into something. And it's a really backwards way of thinking. If I, if I could go back three years ago, I would have literally just put money into coaching first. So. I know. I put, I put money into coaching every year. I have a coach. I'm now like more into like the actual business entrepreneur coach than just like actual tech, like real estate coach at this point. Like I'm learning so much from paying uh, towards coaching with business, you know, coaches and stuff. So everybody needs a coach. You always need to be investing in your education. I think as long as I'm an entrepreneur, I'm going to be investing in coaching and education for myself. Same. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. Most powerful thing you can do for yourself. Definitely. So well, I'm, I'm definitely very, very proud of you, Ryan. And you are, your story is very, very inspirational. So thank you for sharing it. Is there any way people can get a hold of you? Um, if they had any questions, what's your Instagram handle if you want to share it? It's Zwerno the Inferno. So it's an old um, sales joke. Like when I would just go on, um, some people thought it was because I, I was, I wear my heart on my sleeve and I, when things don't go right, you know, they, it came, it became a different joke. But um, <laughs> when I would go on runs of like selling a bunch of stuff, right. They would say Zorno is on fire. Right. So oh, that's funny. I love Zorno the Inferno. Yes. People can hit me up and DM and stuff, but I do get asked, I'm sure you get it all the time. Like, can you help me? And it's like, I can point you in the right direction and then come yeah. talk to me. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. No, I get, of course I get that all, you know, a lot too. So um, but yes, I, I'll put that in the show notes. Ryan, thank you so much for coming on to the show. I think I, I want to leave off with maybe asking one more question. What is your best advice for somebody who's getting started with their mindset? Mindset. Okay. Mindset. Like what is something that they need to tell themselves in their head to keep them focused on keep going? Is there something that helped you that you would tell yourself in your head or? Sure. I mean, I think the thing is we're all people and you're allowed to have bad days, but that doesn't mean that you can't continue to do consistent action, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you have a bad day and you just phone it in, uh, it's just going to keep going. So it's the whole, I, I always used to use this one, but I heard it a long time ago in the military was the eat the frog thing, right? If you had to eat one big, disgusting, hairy frog every day, when would you eat it? You know, is it for breakfast, lunch, dinner? Um, when would you eat it, right? And the real thing is you just have to, you have to get it out of the way. So if it's making offers, uh, do it as early as possible, but you have to do it because if you don't eat your frog today, you have two frogs tomorrow and then three the next day. And then they pile up to where you're like, somebody else has to eat these frogs. Oh my gosh. I and love so, that. That's a good one. I'm going to remember that. I've never heard of that saying before, but I wasn't in the military. But that is a really, really good one. Just I, I, consistency. That's it. Just go do it. Like take action and, and do it every day. So. And in one tip on consistency, I learned this is so whenever you need to do something, some type of action that requires willpower, because it's not something fun for you to do. So you got to actually like use some of your willpower storage. Right. Do it when you have the most energy. So most people that's right in the morning, mm -hmm. 
if I have to, that's why I never work out at night. Forget it. If it's, if I start a five o'clock PM workout, you know, regimen, it's not going to happen, but I work out at six in the morning. So anything that, you know, if it's making offers, talking to sellers, just try to get it done in the morning. So that way you still have yeah. some willpower reserve. The people we talk to, and we'll tell ourselves lies all the time. The people we talk to are not like after five o'clock people, most of them. There's a few. But most of them that are actually selling to us, like they're at home and they're yeah. ready to talk to you at 10 in the morning. So Right, right. I love that advice. Well, thank you so much, Ryan, for coming on the show. And we'll make sure to put Ryan's uh, Instagram handle in the show notes. And if you are listening to this and inspired to go virtual, I want to help you. I want you to check out the page www.virtualinvestingmastery.com. Fill out an application and somebody from my team will get back to you. You can join me and Ryan and the rest of the group. We've got a good group. A lot of love, a lot of success in it. And all we do is virtual wholesale in it. So make sure to check it out. And that's it, guys. Thank you so much for coming and listening today. I will see you next time. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list, as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.